Are you Googling uh, your so own name to see whether anyone says anything about you? <laughs> I did that this morning <laughs> while watching Griggs. How did, um, how did that work out for you? Hopefully good. Hi, Gregory. Hi, Thomas. How are you? You were asking people, what is your opinion I'm of the actor Nicholas Cage? C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A-G. Don't be looking at her too hard now. G! This is a very different and weird Question. Oh my god. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Cage Fight! And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. Hello everybody. It is 11am on Monday, the 7th of maybe March or April. I don't know what date is it. What date? It's what is it? It's the twenty seventh of February. Yeah, February. It's the 27th recording, of February yeah. So who knows when this will be out? But whatever it is, we we welcome you. I mean, good morning. My name is Gregory William Lord Gregory William Aikman of Evesham, and I welcome you to the inaugural sixteenth episode <laughs> uh, or seventeenth episode. Yeah. One of the two. Seventeenth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Of the slickest podcast you've ever heard. So whatever your favourite podcast is, you're wrong, it is this one. But I am not alone, for I can never walk this earth and traipse this path and take one foot in front of the other as Emily Autumn taught us how to do in the spectacularly underrated album Girl Fight. No, it wasn't called Girl Fight, it was called Fight Like a Girl. Mm -hmm. I can't do it on my own, because if not, it would be me rambling about pop culture references incorrectly. Who's with me? I am. I am Thomas, the Beeman, here to bring with you the dulcet tones of DreamWorks. (laughs) Oh, DreamWorks. Yes, DreamWorks. DreamWorks, perchance to sleepworks. So true. I mean, like, automatically misquoting the bard is it's what people come for uh it's what people come for but what are we doing why why are people here other than listening to your beautiful voice and my sort of gentle relaxing calming voice that you may drift off to sleep to what are people expecting from us Thomas? we're here today as most days of our lives thinking Mm. dreaming hoping on nicholas cage he carries oh, our prayers on his supple, muscular back to find <laughs> treasure, love, a murderer, family, friendships, and along the way, maybe just a few good kisses. Nice. Maybe someday, if all goes to plan, he will also carry upon his person our seed. <laughs> Yes, a time capsule of me and Greg. Because <laughs> that is all it is, really. Mm. It's every time you. I mean, I this. We'll keep it. We'll keep it PG thirteen. So just every time you upset the Lord our God, you are essentially creating a time machine. Every time you're splitting the universe. You are into splitting two the timelines. One with a clean curtain. <laughs> One where the events of Dog Eat Dog happen, and one where the events of uh, Lifted Lift arise. Uh, No, no, the one where everyone goes to heaven. 
Oh, that was left behind. Yeah, that was a left. That okay. So it depends which way you go. But what films? Are, I feel we've gone off track slightly. No, nah, not at all. Um, well, which films are we doing today? Because we relish ourselves. We we are chips, and we cover ourselves in the salsa that is Cage. Mm, yeah. In the trail mix of Nicolas Cage, we have landed yes. today upon the sweet candy-covered chocolate. M&M's of The Krugs, A New Age, and Ant Bully. Yes, Ant Bully, which I had never seen before until this morning, but I have mentioned several times Mm. over the 17 episodes, just because until we embarked upon this mission to watch every single Cage film and judge them all and find the cagest of Cage films, I'd never heard of this, and I didn't know whether that was my fault or maybe the studio's fault for poor advertising i didn't know maybe it's just a horrible little animation scrawled together by idiots it's probably a bit of both right it's a little bit of your fault a little bit of their fault i mean i have to take some of the blame i i have to i have to but um i refuse to take all the blame but the ant bully we'll be discussing as well as uh croobs croobs too isn't it that you're doing it is and it's never titled croobs too which made it difficult to find this morning. <laughs> and I sat out Have to... you spent hours of your morning googling Krubes 2? I spent... coming up with nothing. It, to be perfectly honest and realistic, I spent five minutes trying to figure out that there's a Krugs and a Krugs New Age. And it took my sleep-beaten brain to figure <laughs> out that maybe the New Age is the second one. <laughs> I imagine I, I imagine although I do like the audacity of a second film just being titled should we just go with the main bit before the colon just get rid of all the second thing it's like if mm. the seventh Ice Age film was just called well we've had Continental Drift we've had Age of Di- let's just have Ice Age now like that would be magnificent <sighs> or I suppose Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> if the new one of that if there is a new one I assume there's a new one even though maybe there'll Supposedly. be a new leader yeah. would they call that just pirates of the caribbean because the first one was called something about uh black pearls wasn't it yeah it was uh the ship um anal beads yeah that's that's what it that's what it was called they quickly changed that that was one of the few times where disney went should we just write a film about what we want to write it's, and this is what you've been waiting I mean, to make? honestly yeah. very dairy of them to go with um the black pearl you know, I I I think I think it was pretty risky. Sadly, we are not doing. We are not going through every single pirate base, every single film by actors who have run into a bit of bother for their own actions. That would be an altogether different show, but I imagine kind of intriguing in its own way. True. Where you go like, and this film, here's what happened. Yes, but what did the star do? Well, apparently, well, right? at this time, at the time of filming, yeah, we we're not going to go into that. What we are going to go into is the new age of Krugs, because that's the format of the podcast. This is a continuation of the Krug storyline, the beloved Krug storyline. Are you familiar with the beloved Krug story? Krug? 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 Krug. They're crude. They're crude people. Are you familiar... Are you familiar with their crude storyline, or did you just? Yeah, when I, so when I was like five years old, yeah, um, my father was a huge fan 
of the comic books. It was sort of like a bedtime story scenario where he would go over the adventures of the Krug family mm. and um, and all the fun and trials and tribulations that they would have and all the reuniting that they would go through throughout the series. So I am deeply immersed in the lore. Immersed oh. even in the lore of the Krugs. Yeah. I had no idea that this was such a deep and like involved sort of world that they are steeped in. Yeah, it's like uh, it's a Beeman family tradition really. Mm. Like my kids and their kids kids will have Krugs inserted into their brain regardless of their own opinion or self autonomy. I mean that sounds perfect. Well that's exactly what it should be. Regardless of opinion and autonomy, you have certain franchises forced upon you. Mine was just mm-hmm. William that my mother decided I loved just William. Um I had no opinion. And so I over the course of a few years I would get all of the books and books about it. So I would get presents which were like here's a history of the author of just William. Had no no interest whatsoever. So I reluctantly learned mm-hmm. loads about the Just William series of books. It's like that one time your parents asked you what kind of dinosaur you like. Yes. And you could you said the one you could name. You didn't even like it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, that's going to be you for the next 12 years. <laughs> exactly. And if there are any children listening to this... Um, Never tell anyone your favorite animal because that's our color. Yeah, or favorite color. That's that's you locked in for the rest of your life. Your parents and your relatives are trying to boil down on a decision. Yeah. So they don't have to put thought into it. And that's why they're asking you those questions. And that's why I have tons of little figurines of penguins. And much like thoughtless decision making. That will bring us right back to Krugs. You're good at this. So that was this... really professional. You managed to <laughs> get... We got off track almost instantly and and seamlessly. I, I feel bad to actually point it out, but seamlessly, you were able to drag us from the, from the weeds and from the long grass straight back onto... Brilliant. Audience, did you I'm notice how we did that? This. It was really good. I'll point out yeah. if he does any more segues. Don't worry. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> okay. So the Krugs... Uh, this film takes place after the events of the first film. That's how sequels work. Sometimes, <laughs> actually. Sometimes not. But it's a family of like cave people, if you're not familiar with the lore. Essentially, the the characters we will focus on here is Nick's Cage, Nick Nicholas Cage's character Groog, uh, Emma Stone's character Eep, and Guy, voiced by Ryan Reynolds, because he voices fucking everything. Nice. At the beginning of the film, Eep and Guy are like, they're in love, you know. They're with the whole family unit, which is like a ton of different characters, most of which are inconsequential to the storyline. They want to like part from the family and kind of start their own sort of journey. Grug is not very happy about this. He believes everyone should stick together. But at the beginning of the film, they are like constantly hunted by creatures, uh, wild prehistoric era creatures. And Guy has a dream of finding tomorrow. He, his story is like he lost his parents, and his mm. parents told him, "Hey, go find tomorrow." We that's like we're imparting that onto you. So that's what he wants more than anything. And they happen across 
a walled living situation. Like, um, there's this family who have like advanced. Okay. And when I say advanced, I mean, they wear shoes and take showers and stuff. Yeah. This is like at odds with the, the crude family, you know, but, uh, it's something that people find interest in. Each character finds interest in it in their own ways, but through a series of events, uh, before I get too deep, too much deeper, this is like what you would imagine any DreamWorks animated film really is. It's It's got some A plots and some B plots, and they serve to teach you a lesson of some variety. Yes. Right? Rather than get too much into the details, the lesson that we're learning throughout the films is uh, Krug, Grug, Glock Krude. Yeah. He... That's his full name. Amazing. Uh, yeah, you learned it in the comic books. <laughs> uh, he wants the family to stick together. Right. But obviously, that togetherness uh, snuffs individuality. Uh, and uh, Eep, being a teenage girl and in love, wants that individuality and privacy. Yeah. Coming across this other family called the Bettermans. Nice. Uh, are they better right. than the other people? Theoretically. But in the end, you learn maybe not so much. So they have a lot of advancement but in individuality, but not enough togetherness. So both families are sort of lacking in this balance. And toward the end of the film, they balance each other out. Is this a bug's um, life? Did you watch a bug's life on accident? All the characters are supposed to be ants, right? Uh, in bug, no, you're thinking of ants. In uh, a bug's <laughs> life, there mo- most of them are ants. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, most people think of ants when they think of bug's life, and the vice versa. Yeah, well, they were released. They were com- completely separate to one another, but they they were released at the same time. And it's the same film, yeah. just one's got Basically. far superior animation. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's very similar to so many different animated films. There really isn't a lesson or a point being made that is all that interesting. Okay. Uh, The characters develop as any uh, animated Pixar, DreamWorks characters do, um, centered around purely the key lesson the movie's trying to teach you. Now... That, that's essentially the movie, but there are points to it that are interesting. One, the Bettermans have, as we find out later in the film, have been feeding bananas to monkeys okay. uh, to keep the monkeys from attacking them. <laughs> uh, we learn this because Grug's character loves bananas and is not allowed to eat any of the bananas, right? Because mm. they have to be used as supply. To keep the monkeys off their back. Makes sense. The climax of the film happens when Grug, uh, you know, a- as a in a fit of vengeance, eats bananas, and then the monkeys attack, taking all the men off uh, to get fed to what is essentially... So, <laughs> funnily enough, this is actually the one thing I found it funny about the film is... Uh, the Betterman diverted water from a mountaintop okay. into his area in order to make it thriving and flourish. But the monkeys, that water came from the monkeys region oh, no. that is now dead and dying. But when they were flourishing, they had all the bananas and stuff. And they, the monkeys would have to feed the bananas to an even bigger monkey to keep that <laughs> monkey up from destroying them. So, 
I don't know. I, it's monkeys. That was a little down. bit. Yeah, it's just like a hierarchy of monkeys, right? That's amazing. Um, hey, hierarchy of monkeys. That's a great. That's basically politics. Anyways, exactly. That might be the title of this episode. To be honest. Ooh, I like that would be a good moving idea. away from this versus this, and just have cool titles for every other episode. I'm uh, fuck it. It's our podcast. Yeah, we, we can do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's an even bigger monkey that these little monkeys are trying to stave off. So they're gonna dress up, uh, you know, Guy Grug and the Betterman uh, as a banana, feed it to the monkey, and then all the female characters are gonna get together and uh, fight off. Um, or save the men and and all that stuff and it, it's like um it's an interesting part of the film I, it was the one part that i laughed at so i nice. just felt like it was important to, to point it out oh definitely i'm really really happy that you had one point that you laughed at your film i don't know so the the b plot is like the relationship between eep and guy mm. guy has found the place he wants to be which is tomorrow that's what his parents found yeah i'm gonna find uh but it is, uh, Eep is rubbing against it in that she feels him kind of like pulling away from her. In the end, he's like, oh, you're my tomorrow. That's what I'm supposed to have. You're my tomorrow. So let's have that together. And that's basically how that wraps up predictably. Well, that's, that's it. That's like, quite sweet. That's basically the film. But then. Yeah, it's, it's like, again, it's not doing anything off the cuff it's not reforming the genre it's it's doing everything pretty point by point yeah um but it's got a it's got its own flair to it like but that's the thing like even most animated films have their own little flair to them they tend to but Um, what about cage what was his performance like his voice performance. so his his voice performance so he's a major character and his voice performance in the movie is excellent which is something that I didn't expect to happen. Yeah. I truly believed like I'm just going to hear Nicolas Cage the whole time. Yeah. But enough minutes into the movie and he is Groog. Like he's not doing anything to his voice unlike other <laughs> roles where he adopts uh, <laughs> an affection to his voice it doesn't work out which is a shame because animation is the perfect place for him to try out all those affectations and accents and that that he gives a go at this is the one place he could have hit with it but he decided not to and that is perfectly fine because outside of his own voice was enough for him to be a different character yeah what strikes me about what you've said about uh uh crudy 2 um dawn of a new age is that the lessons it's imparting are very similar to the lessons trying to impart in The Ant Bully, right? Mm. And very similar to the lessons imparted by most children's animations. So are are writers of children's animations lazy and just rehash the same old tropes? Or is it such an important and tricky lesson to learn that it needs to be embedded over and over again? No. All right, fair enough. I mean, the ant bully is basically ants and a bug's life and <clears throat> crudes too, and probably crudes one as well, where the 
the the idea is uh if you all work together things are better but you need to hold on to a bit of individuality so you can hopefully come up with new fresh exciting ideas work together don't be arrogant it's the friends we make along the way rather than winning or succeeding all of that stuff it also hints at the idea of um circle uh, cycles of violence being repeated and stuff like that and sort of and neglect leading to vulnerability so there's a lot going on potentially with this film but mainly it's mm. rubbish okay the basic plot is that there's a kid and he's bullied by some neighborhood kids uh and they're like you're rubbish and you don't matter because we're big and you're small so he internalizes this and gets out his frustrations by bullying and murdering ants in his garden oh his argument being, I'm big, bigger than you, you're smaller than me, so you matter less. And he bullies them in the usual way, flooding their, like, ant hills and using magnifying glasses, uh, magnifying glass in the sun. All, all of that usual stuff that we see. Does all of that. The classics. Yeah. His parents, who don't seem to give him any attention at all, and are always, whenever they speak to him, they're looking away from him, either head in a book or just in the middle of something else. Or something. So he's got, he's neglected by them. His older sister is on her phone all the time. He's got no real companionship whether sort of like um, familial or friendship or anything like that. He's, he's adrift on his own. All he's got is these hateful feelings that he takes out on all of the ants. The ants are getting more and more annoyed by this. So Nicolas Cage, who plays Zock, who is a wizard ant, comes up with this spell to miniaturize and go all Honey, I Shrunk the Kids on, our, uh, on the ant bully himself. Uh, shrinks him down to the size of an ant, and then they're like, right, we're going to kill you, but before we kill you, we're going to teach you to be an ant, because that is a punishment. You have to learn what it's like to be us, so mm. you can essentially yeah. learn empathy. The film, yeah, walk a mile in our shoes. Exactly, and the film, the film happens where he suddenly goes, oh, wow, I hadn't considered the world from any perspective other than my own. What a close-minded buffoon I've been. Actually, these ants are pretty rad, and he acquires ant skills out of nowhere. By the end of the film, he can walk up sheer slopes. He can walk up them just with his yeah. hands, like not grabbing hold of things, but just like sticky, sticky, Oh, sticky. so we just have to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. He just learned how to do it, and through sh right. sheer force of will, he managed to do it. But towards the end of the film, an exterminator's coming, and everyone hates exterminators in cartoons, even though people who are actual exterminators in the real life do a very, very important job in society. And uh, whatever they're paid, I'm sure it's not nearly enough for the work they have to do, but they're the enemy in children's cartoons. So Absolutely. they have to run away and escape, and, and they manage to shrink the exterminator, and then he's small, and then he gets chased. I'm sorry. Hmm? It, it took me this long to realize that you said they they did this with a magic spell. Yeah. Ants know magic. Ants know magic. Only wizard ants, though. Not all ants. Don't worry. Oh, it takes a special kind of ant. Yeah, because Nicolas Cage now, is, it is a wizard ant. Now, is it ant magic? I mean... I or is it just regular magic? I think everything they do is necessarily prefixed with ant. The magic is essentially putting, creating a potion, saying some words... And then magic happens. So it's standard magic. But I don't know whether humans would be... Because we can't speak ant, even though that's glossed over quickly. 
but mm. because we can't speak ant we wouldn't be able to that was part of the that was part of the spell though yeah sp- uh, yeah but we wouldn't be able to recite the incantation but i imagine if we could say the incantation and if we put the potion together the magic would not be exclusive to the ants and we would be able to Do you think it only works because they're small kind of like how physics changes depending on the scale i'm get i'm guessing if nothing else we would find it tricky at the size of normal humans we would find it tricky to get the proportions right because may because it never explains in spells mm-hmm. in tv as so, far as i like is are the ingredients like one part this three part that or are they specifically half a gram of this one fluid ounce of that like mm. do you need exact measurements or is it just exact proportions because if it's proportions we can take an ant spell and sort of like zhuzh yeah, it up scale to it human up. size yeah. yeah scale it up not zhuzh it up that is that is the correct <laughs> term i should have gone with but um i like zhuzh zhuzh is good but but that's that's basically they they make the exterminator small and then they make the ant bully big again. Everyone's happy, and then he learns that if he works together with all the other bully victims, they can actually beat up the bully. And then the bully cries and goes, "I know, I want my mummy," and so everyone laughs. No lesson learned. Yeah. So <laughs> so the lesson is the, the the initial conflict is we're big, you're small. And then at the end, you learn that even though individually you're small, you can still become big so the enemy is small, which is, you are learning the same thing that, mm. the, that is proposed to be the wrong punching thing. Punching up is okay. Well, if there's more of you, it's still punching <laughs> down. Like, if there's a bully who can terrorize yeah, yeah. 10 people smaller than him, if all those 10 people work together, they are now bigger than that one bully. Like, the, mm. the situation is the same. But... Uh, one one interesting thing to point out is this is the con air of animated films because it's not oh. it's not very it's it's not I didn't enjoy it but it's uh, play by numbers uh, animation including a little bit of magic and learn empathy and work as a team so we've seen it a million times and you've seen mm. tons of versions of this which are better and tons which are worse but for mm. some reason. There's a painfully great voice cast, along with Nicolas oh, really? Cage. We've got Julia Roberts, Meryl Streep, Paul Giamatti, Bruce Campbell, Larry Miller. What the fuck? Yeah. And Bruce Campbell only got the part because Alan Cummings pulled out. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd, hope, I'd hope he would. <laughs> yeah, So, uh, and, and Bruce Campbell does a wonderful performance of you never guess but he's like an arrogant know-it-all big head in it so who plays the bully the bully is a child actor lucas nickel um zach tyler eisen i don't know who he right. is is zach zach tyler eisen isn't that one from uh thing is he he was in avatar the last airbender if that means anything to you okay oh yeah, it's not who I thought it was. I was thinking that it was him from Home Improvement, but it's... Zachary Taylor Smith? That's who I was thinking of throughout the whole thing. I was going like... He He's must... much older now. <laughs> he is older now, but this was in the past. Well, like 2006 or something, this film. So I thought maybe he he's an actor, and sometimes actors play ages that they are not. So I thought maybe he could True. harness his memory of being a child and play a child but yeah the films uh it's not for me 
I'm not the target audience, to be fair. Okay. But it's not for me. It's a really mediocre film. Nicolas Cage, however, he disappears into the role. The first time he speaks, you go, that like, same thing that you pointed out. You go, like, oh, that is Nicolas Cage. But after a couple of scenes, it's like, oh, that that is the character. That is the wizard ant. Like, yeah. he... He gets to do a couple of cage bits. He gets to freak out a couple of times because the wizard ant is scared by magic. Yeah. So he gets to go like, oh, come on. Oh, no, my God, what's happening? And they do a similar thing to what happens in Battlestar Galactica, where Battlestar Galactica, they want to swear, but they don't want to swear because it's a family f- show, so they invented oh, their own uh, frat. it's fake swears. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And they do the same yeah. thing in here, where they invent like ant swearing, so they can curse throughout the whole thing, while it still remains a children's film and perfectly appropriate, which I thought was quite fun. Was, it like so what's your Crumba. top three favorite ant swears? Crumba... Uh, was a good one uh i think that was it to be honest i think crumba was all they said but they were like ah crumba or they're still flushing it out yeah they like i'm hoping they're workshopping i'm hoping there's an ant bully too but but the ant bully's bully was called sid and i wonder whether that was a reference to sid from uh toy story Story? yeah yeah probably but then this was based on a book of the same name and the storyline of the book is pretty much just the same just instead of an exterminator it's the dad killing the things killing the ants but um yeah Mm, it's it's okay it's an hour and a half nick cage does all right but it's just i watched a Mm. film that's not made for me and as a result i found it a bit tedious (laughs) which so mm. i was definitely paying attention to what you were saying right i immediately but, think you have not listened to one word are you on your phone at the moment playing pokemon or something um, <laughs> so what you're saying is yeah. that the plot of honey i shrunk the kids was all a point to learn magic small magic yes i suspect that rick moranis is did another spell which turned him into an ant yeah. and nicholas he got small next yeah, yeah, yeah. After the kids, he got small. So he was also chasing small magic. Oh, that was um, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. And there was yeah. Honey, I Blew Up the Baby, which wasn't the film I thought it was going to be. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is Ants mixed with um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mixed with the Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Tura Satana song Cycle of Violence, I think. It's all of mm. that mixed together if you uh if you remember the wonderful late late nineties uh metal rap band Tura Satana. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, with Terry B from Manhole. No. Oh. No. Sorry. And, I'm so sorry. And Terry B from My Ruin. I would love to yes Andrew, but I just I believe I might be. It doesn't happen often because I'm hip, but I may be showing my age with that reference there. (laughs) All right. So in a, um, as we always do with each film that we watch of cages, uh, and we've been doing this since the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, how many cages out of 11 (laughs) do you give this particular film? Ooh, ooh. Um, wow, this, uh, mm, awkward, because, right, Cage Performance gets seven out of eleven, seven cages right there. It's going to lose three cages, 
because I didn't enjoy the film. So that's down to four cages. It's going to gain yep. one cage because I didn't enjoy it because it wasn't for me. So it's not fair to take three away. So up to five cages. I think the lesson gives it up to six cages because it's a good lesson, even though it's a standard lesson, which every children's animation seems to give you. But we're going to lose one cage to put it back down to five cages because it's the same story as Ants, which is the same but better. I'm going to settle on five cages. What about you? Beautiful. So if I've done my cage algebra correctly, okay. my cageometry, um, <laughs> I it, it's up like four cages for the cage mm. being in it in his performance. It's up like two more because the story was enjoyable. Okay. Um, it's down three because it didn't do anything that interesting, but I think it's up another two because all the characters were very funny. Mm. There were some funny things that happened. The monkeys were funny. I enjoy So throughout the film, there's like chimera esque prehistoric characters yeah and i fucking there were there were uh pig pig alligators (laughs) they were fucking cute they were so cute i mean that does sound cute i enjoyed that a lot in the in the monkeys the whole big monkey thing that was so much fun so um for the audience who's keeping track at home i think i ended up at seven if i haven't then you did something wrong not me but also i think the, I, I think Droogie Toogie has to has to take it because the joy in your voice whenever you talk about those monkeys. Mm. Uh, the Ant Bully held no joy for me. I watched it and it was a thing and it happened and I'm not strongly against the film. It didn't make mm. me angry or anything like that. But I didn't enjoy it. I didn't have fun. Yeah. There wasn't like one standout moment or one line or something which made me... I, I didn't laugh out loud once. And I'm a big... I'm very demonstrative... Not in real life, but with films. Like, when there's yeah. an emotional thing, I cry at films. I don't cry at real life because I, I, cause I'm i a, a husk. That would be silly. I'm an empty husk of a human. That would just be strange and weird. Yeah, no, exactly. Nobody does that Fe- anymore. Feelings are not for us. Feelings are for telly. But yeah, I will laugh heartily, even at crude puns or innuendo I find quite fun on telly and films. Mm. But yeah, The Ant Bully held no joy for me. I'm aware that's because it's not for me, so I'm not going to say it's a bad film, because it's not. It's just a meh. I like that it cost 50 million and they made 55 million, which everyone's (gasps) going like, oh, it bombed. They made 5 million in profit. That's not a bad day, Uh, is it? Those usually don't include the marketing um, budgets, Uh, which can be like tens of millions. Oh. Oh well, that well then that's yeah. That I need to readdress all of my thoughts on every film that I think has made a lot of money or a little bit. Because I was thinking like the entire budget, including paying all the actors, the market, like the budget was the budget, like that was the yeah. the bottom line. In which case, five is not as much as fifty, but five not clearing quite. five million in profit. That. But you did mention that you didn't think they like really marketed this film. Well, I've never so maybe heard they of it. just half-assed it. They, I haven't either. I'm going to be honest with you. But then it came out in 2006, and I, you know, what were you doing in 2006? What was I? I was um, 
I was about 24. I, I was do <laughs> I was 24. I was probably Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And so you did that instead of watching this film. Yeah, because didn't Like why would I pay attention to marketing for that sort of thing? Sure. It could have Like, until years... ...shied away from spending money on marketing for that. But, yeah, so I think Droogie Doogie um, is, is gonna have to take it. I enjoy that, because... And I'll tell you why. Go on. <sighs> I thought briefly about watching the first film after <laughs> seeing this one. <laughs> And I mean very briefly, like the cursor was hovering over the first film, which is free to watch. Nice. Oh, I guess that's another thing to point out. I had to pay $4 to watch this film. Yeah, I had to pay about $4 and for this one. I waited a good 15 minutes before spending that $4. Really? Because <laughs> I was like, do I really want to for this? I kind of have to, but do I want to? Uh, but honestly, after everything was said and done, I was like, actually, that was a good four bucks. Man. Yeah. I think what we should do, we won't release it to the public until we've finished round one, until we've watched every single Cage film through for the first, mm. uh, first one. But every penny we spend on this project, we should just keep a note of. So at the end of the first round, when we've watched all of the films... <laughs> Every penny we've spent on like renting or buying these films, just go like, mm -hmm. and we have spent oh a thousand dollars. It's a small contribution to our lord. This this is true, but I reckon if we speak to him, which we will at some point, he could. It wouldn't break the bank for him to pay us back, would it? Oh yeah, no. It's that's a. That's chump change for old Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Nicky C, come on, play the game, mate. Like just, just, uh, just a thousand bucks for. Uh, we're we're your most devoted preachers. We are your most devoted preachers because all the other Nick Cage podcasts are, are they quit. They abandoned you. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do all of it. They didn't do all of it. And the ones who think they're going to do all of it and are really nice, turns out they're just evil in the end. They will turn their back on you like they turned their back on us, Cage. Yeah, they're liars. Liars. Eternal. And we'll burn them like we have the rest. So, um, <laughs> so I think that gets pretty close to wrap. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Any particular scenes or anything interesting no, from that? Ant, there the was, bully of ants? There was nothing interesting. There was nothing Brilliant. interesting in the film. Um, there's a couple of jokes about farting, which usually I like, but uh, oh, it wow. just wasn't wasn't done well. It, the film was fine. There were no glaring like holes in the plot or no glaring errors. Everything flowed nicely and didn't really do much of anything, but in a way which they're like, nah, that makes sense, I guess. Though. Yeah. I okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm looking at the I'm looking at photos of this film. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something else. Uh Krug's looks better. 
Yes. It just looks better in every way possible. This looks like garbage. Well, it was um, it was that sort of animation in two thousand and six, like that. Almost well by today's standards, anyway. It looks lazy because they stopped doing like uh, Disney animation. They moved away from that, which looks you know looks almost amateurish, but in a beautiful, Wait. classy way. Did they? Is this a real? Did they just reuse assets from the Ant movie? I think this just looks like the Ant movie. It does. It does look like the Ant movie. And I'm sure I've seen that boy. I'm sure I've seen that model of the boy somewhere before. Disgusting. I suppose anything else to say about it? Tom Hanks was EP. No way. Why? I <laughs> I, I guess he loved the book. Him or his children loved the book. That's the only reason I can imagine there's such a stellar cast and people associated with yeah. it. Because I, I think the book was supposed to be like not the same level but in the same sort of bracket as the gruffalo like or the hungry caterpillar like of a certain uh-huh. generation everyone had this book and everyone grew up with it and when they had a child they went well I've now been gifted 20 different versions of the ant bully like i'm guessing mm. it must have been that which is why tom hanks signed on and why meryl streep is doing this and cuz it it couldn't have been a big earner it, like it couldn't have been a big payday for anyone. I mean, Nicolas Cage was probably doing it because 2006. I'm guessing he was still in his like, if it's if it pays, I'm doing it. it, it it's bizarre. It must be an affinity and a, and an affection. Yeah, for it the had book. to been like people calling in favors. And yeah, to get this done type situation it has to be because it's just and if, mm, yeah it's, it's fine it's fine. i've never heard of this book have you no i've never heard of it but then that's wild i don't think i was ever read the gruffalo either so oh, i maybe had yeah. a uh, neglectful book-based childhood i didn't read a book until i was in the fifth grade no no what was that book it was uh, robinson crusoe swiss good good start <laughs> it was pretty good. I mean, that is a that is a bold opening choice, isn't it? Like <laughs> getting to the fifth grade, having never read a book, and go, oh, I'm getting me some Robinson. Yeah. I want an I'm island. Read about some cannibals. Yeah, I want an island, some cannibals. I want some colonialism, and I want some questionable words, all wrapped up in. A, I mean, it's a fun book, but right here we go. I think let's let's wrap up, Thomas. Let's wrap up. Yes, sir. <laughs> you can cut out so much of this. <laughs> we, we, we really let we really got you a bunch of chaff for this episode <laughs> and if people are going like wow a 20 minute episode nope 50 minutes we recorded <laughs> 50 minutes I just like my opinion is that uh, <laughs> my imagination is that Greg loves editing <laughs> So I just work in a bunch of useless shit into the podcast. It, it does keep things, uh, you know, I, I find it quite zen in its own way. Um, but what, what I particularly like is um, if you're ever editing something, if someone whispers something really quietly that you missed when you were recording, but then you, I used to do a and d podcast and one of the players would always do this. So whenever I was editing, I'd hear just very low in the record. So I'm just going, Greg, you're a prick. Greg, I hate you. Greg, you're an absolute fucking idiot. 
that's brilliant. Yeah, it, it always it always amused me and made me a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> just a little something for you. Just a little, yeah. just a little. But anyway, have you anything that you want to share with the wonderful listeners? I do. I what I want to share with the listeners is love. Aww. Love for Nicolas Cage. That's what this whole thing is about. Yeah. Um, don't ever touch me. <laughs> I, I mean it. I will go apeshit. All right. So, uh, Greg, what do you have going on? Um, well, I I need to cancel some plans which were based on just placing my hands all over you. <laughs> but uh, I won't I won't do that because you don't Rats. you don't like it, and it would seem after hearing you say that it would seem like an aggressive thing for me to do <laughs> to just immediately <laughs> leap upon you. But um, uh, Bible's still going strong. I think when this comes out, we're up to like Jeremiah or Lamentations. We're so close to finishing Old Testament because all the minor prophets. There's twelve books right at the end. I've already recorded those and uploaded them. They're all scheduled to be released. So I just need to write and record four more episodes and then. I finished all of old testament um which is nice. which is silly exciting uh, which means i can move on to other things because i've got a lot of uh, i've got a lot of plans but i haven't got a lot of time so we'll have to see what happens with all of that <laughs> stuff but um go to gregrakeman.org uh i will um update everything there i might even make the website look different because it looks really moody at the moment and i don't think that's appropriate anymore because i'm not moody i was moody for a while so i made it look all moody but now i want to make it look you know like the people should pay me to uh, perform that's why that's what i'm doing i'm gonna start working again performing yeah so i'm gonna have to make it look professional but yeah that's it well done to droogie toogie um i wonder whether droogs one will go through Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Depends who it's up against. But everyone, take care. We will see you again in a couple of weeks. A cage bully. What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole?